One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Wilander. This is Mary Carrillo. This is Pam Schreiber. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to Paris and to Roland Garros, where you find myself, Catherine Whitaker, David Law and Matt Roberts on this fine Parisian spring day in the sunshine about to record our first of 17 daily French Open podcasts. David hasn't been able to wipe the smile off his face (laughs) since arriving in Paris late last night. It's been a it's been a treat over 24 hours, hasn't it? Oh, it's just, and, and it hasn't involved a Eurostar Euro adventure uh, with alcohol, although actually that bit was quite good. Um, but yes, we, we got here relatively seamlessly, although there were one or two mishaps in the taxi from the airport for Catherine and Matt. I just sailed in. But um, apart from that, it has just been a glorious 24 hours, as you say. Yet yeah, today was draw day. We've been at the draw, which was held in the Roland Garros Orangerie. Mm. Now that's a name, isn't it? Yeah, and it was, it was an experience. <laughs> um, and yeah, this is our draw review podcast. We will have media day tomorrow. The media day times for the various players have just come through on the WhatsApp group. Uh, so we'll be recording another preview show tomorrow once we've spoken to all the players. And then, of course, play starts in earnest on Sunday when we'll be starting with the first of 15 daily Roland Garros podcasts. This one and all of our pods throughout the French Open are brought to you in association with On Location, the premium hospitality and experience provider. On Location provides packages via Steve Fogel's international tennis tours to all of the four Grand Slam tournaments, including the US Open, which is on sale now with fantastic tickets to watch the action throughout the year's final Grand Slam at Flushing Meadows in New York and hospitality hospitality packages to help you kick back and relax with all-inclusive food and drinks in a lounge and rooftop bar in between matches. We have a 5% discount code for tennis podcast listeners, so just go to tours4tennis.com forward slash podcast tours, the number 4tennis.com forward slash podcast, click the US Open discount section and enter the code FINALSLAM, all in caps, F-I-N-A-L-S-L-A-M, for 5% off your ticket and hospitality package. You've got until May the 31st at 11.59pm Eastern Time to get your discount, and there is... 
There is fine print, but you can check our show notes for that and you can you can hear my voice saying it in your head as you read it, should you wish. Um, it has been quite an eventful draw day, hasn't it? I feel like there are two main headlines, one from the women's side and one from the men's. We'll get on to the, the women's blockbuster headline in a moment. But let's talk first about the main headline from the men's draw, which is that Carlos Alcaraz, or I think it is, that Carlos Alcaraz and Novak Djokovic have been drawn in the same half. Yeah, Thoughts that, and feelings. I mean, my, my initial headline is that uh, as they were doing the draw, they had a really strange music track going on over it. They weren't announcing the players. They were just sort of making them appear on the screen with a... I don't know what to call it. Lift music. Well, look, we should probably go to Matt on this because he is our draw... I mean, expert doesn't even begin to cover it. Connoisseur. Well, Catherine and I thought we discovered something amazing by them doing it this way, only for Matt to say, oh, no, they did did it like that four years ago. They do it every year like this. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a bit weird about draws. In a lovely way, Matt, I can confirm Matt is a bit weird about draws. We were running a little bit late because we were recording an issue of uh, an edition of Tennis Relived this morning about the Four Musketeers, which is, look, though we say so so ourselves, an incredible show. And if you want to listen to it, um, become a friend of the Tennis Podcast and the link is in our show notes to do that. Um, So that that took up several hours of our time this morning. So we, we were pressed for time to get to Roland Garros, collect our accreditations and get to the orangerie uh, in time for the draw to start at 2pm. Matt turned into a different animal once we left the flat and started our journey towards Roland Garros. Mm, I, I quickened my walk. I, I'll say. I looked back over my shoulder to check you were still with me. I mean, I tried to run after him, but I couldn't get near him. Mm. Mm. I mean, of course I was forgetting the element of faff and actually we arrived with plenty of time to spare because they gave a nice big speech in French and I thought oh great we're gonna we're gonna start the draw now and then of course this is the grand slam of translations so we then had it all in English as well and then we welcomed who was it Antoine Dupont the rugby player onto onto the stage and he sort of helped perform the draw and actually we had plenty of time to spare I needn't have worried you two were both right I need to chill out on draw day no 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 please don't ever change <laughs> it was you couldn't it's, change it's, Matt it's the, something to it's, behold it's in me I, I could, love yeah. draws I mean, he'd got it feels the, so real I could see the like the butterflies in his yeah, stomach you, he was, you've worn your best outfit I have it's getting a lot of love on Instagram that mm, outfit I've, I fear I've peaked too soon it's getting in comments outfit. in person from passers-by mm. Mm. Big day for Matt. Okay, so Matt, talk us through... Well, okay, seeing as David's gone there, talk us through the structure of this draw, because it's twofold, the French Open draw. One of the folds is pretty normal. I would describe the other fold, the first one, as pretty bizarre. (laughs) Yeah, I would agree with that. It is electronic, the first half of the draw. They pull out all of the unseeded names... And as David was describing, they accompany that electronic drawing of the names with some jazzy 
lift, lift music. style music. Yeah. But of course, they don't quite have enough to make it through the whole draw with just one track. So it sort of stops about halfway through the draw. Well, they reload it. And then they fire it back up again, and then it goes again, and then they fire it back up again. It's, it's a weird vibe. You can't... It's quite hard to follow because no seeds are there yet, and the seeds are what pop at yes. the draw. So it's quite hard to sort of make sense of it, I suppose, while they're doing that. But it's, I found it... I was prepared because, as you said, it did happen in 2019. It was a big shock to you that they In, in the Grand Slam rankings, like where, where is this draw? I think it's the second best draw. Wimbledon is the best... Because they just draw all the names one by one. Great draw. Okay. And I think both Australia and US Open are now draw reveals, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. Which is unacceptable. So they equal third or fourth, depending last. on how you... Last, yeah. Right, they equal last. Yeah, they don't, they don't deserve to be called third. They, they don't last. get a special outfit, David. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Just pyjamas for, uh, <laughs> for the hardcore draws. Um, so, yeah, the, fir- the, the 96 unseeded names or you know qualifier slash lucky loser those appear while plinky plonky music is is playing over the course of a few minutes and then we go to the drawing names out of a hat section for the seeds which is when things take on a structure that we're we're rather more familiar with and it's very dramatic at the french open that stage isn't it because it's it's an easy crowd to please isn't it i mean the 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 reactions that some of the names and matchups oh. were getting, you've never heard anybody so excited about Cameron Norrie against Benoit Paire. <laughs> <laughs> no, my favourite bit of the entire draw was in the men's uh, draw where you had uh, in succession Adrian Manorino draw Hugo Humbert. That drew a ooh la la. <laughs> Actual ooh la la. Yeah, and yeah. then that was followed by Arthur Cazot, the French wildcard, against Corentin Moutet. So people went wild people go, oh, for that. Oh, wow. And then that was quickly followed by Richard Gasquet against Arthur Rinderknecht, and they just couldn't contain themselves Much guffawing. at all. Uh, and, and I mean, this is the first Rolling Garros draw I've ever attended. Uh, we tried to get there last year. We had the whole Eurostar debacle. We didn't make it. So I really didn't know what to expect. But, uh, but I mean, I've been in a lot of draws. I've, been in all, I've never heard gasps and murmurs around the room when names are drawn out before mm. like that. That but, was really something. But you made the point, David, and I, I completely agree with it. We don't want those all French clashes because... Well, I personally don't, and I'm not sure you do either, because... The best matches here in those first few days are where there's a French player against a non-French player and you get a partisan crowd really engaged in the match. Gaston Dimonor last year, remember that? Exactly. Whereas here they're going to be split, they're not going to know who to support. There are a few of those, aren't there, to whet our appetites. I mean, I think in the men's draw we're automatically drawn to Artifice against Alejandro Davidovich Fikina in terms of... Oh yes, we are. David's just always drawn to Artifice. Whatever he's doing on there. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a great matchup to look forward yeah. to round one. Though I fi- I feel a Simon Mathieu coming on there. I really hope they give it long then. I j- just selfishly because then my <laughs> press seat will just not be exchanged with anybody for the entire duration. I mean, there are there are quite a lot of people that I've earmarked to make a point of watching in person for the first time, like Artifice, like Luca Van Ash another young French player like Mira Andreva who 
hasn't qualified yet. Is, she has. Is, has she? She's done it. She beat Camilla Osorio today. Wow. And Osorio is the top seed in qualifying. Really tough section of qualifying. Wow. Well, it'd be interesting to see where she goes mm. into the draw because Donna Vekic has drawn a qualifier. Anyway, let's let's just stay on the men while we're here because we are here. Um, let's 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 go in with Alcaraz and Djokovic being in the the, the same half, the top half, of course, because Alcaraz is the top seed. So I'll ask you the same question I asked you about half an hour ago. Send us off on a diversion. What? Wonder I can send us. What do we time? think? Can we please? Oh, I am. I am delighted. I think I am too. I, I, I think we said on Monday, didn't we? I can't remember if it was on, if it was on the pod or off, off air, but we wouldn't quite know how we felt about it until it happened. And when it happened, I felt pleased because I want that matchup to happen. And the earlier it's drawn to happen, the more likely it is to happen. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. my logic 100%. for that. Yeah, I, I feel like that. I mean... Yes, I think once in a while we've had the biggest match in a semi-final or a quarter-final. We had Nadal Djokovic last year, much earlier on, and and it was yeah. I mean, it was absolutely epic at the time, and it was brilliant. And then yes, the the final by comparison was a bit of a damp squib, but I don't I don't mind. It, it, like I just want to see the match. I want to see Alcaraz Djokovic play on a, on a massive stage at a Grand Slam tournament, particularly here at the French Open, because I just think the I don't know. Actually, I say that I think that them on any surface I would is take interesting. It anywhere. Yeah, and it, it is getting to the stage now where it just blooming needs to happen. Yeah, and I want to see it? it over best of five sets, and I want to see it as soon as possible. So it does increase the likelihood of it happening. Um, and I and I think it'll it adds something extra to every round before then. Their half of the draw just generally becomes really interesting. Well, let's talk about their half of the draw then. Alcaraz has a, a qualifier or lucky loser in round one with a possible sensation in round two. Christopher O'Connell, uh, Musetti is in his section. Cameron Norrie, Felix Auger-Aliassime. His quarterfinal opponent, according to seedings, would be Stefanos Tsitsipas. What do we make of that quarter? I, I think you could make a case either way, you know. I put on Twitter that I felt like Alcaraz has got quite a tough draw here to get to the final, potentially having to go through Sitsipas and Djokovic. Of course, you know, we do know that Sitsipas has been Alcaraz's pigeon, to be honest. Alcaraz has dominated that head to head, but I just think Alcaraz has got it still to prove here at Roland Garros. I think last year we were all penciling him through to the semi-finals and he came unstuck against Alexander Zverev who he'd just beaten handily in Madrid mm. I think Alcaraz is a better player one year on Tsitsipas has got some problems of his own he's not been having the big wins this year but he's a former finalist here he likes these conditions so I don't, I don't know really what to make of that uh, potential quarter-final I think Alcaraz will get there but an inspired Lorenzo Mazzetti could potentially be tough in in the last 16 or a, a dogged determined Cameron Norrie of course who who does have a win over Alcaraz on clay this year albeit one where Alcaraz was 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 injured halfway through that match so I think there are tests for Alcaraz but I I feel pretty good that I, I almost don't want to say it because I don't want to jinx it but I I feel quite good that we are going to get Alcaraz 
Djokovic, finally. David, though, thinks Musetti is going to have a big year. And given how, <laughs> given how not big his year's been so far, that basically means have a big role on Garros at this stage, David. So I, do, do you... I said that some months ago. Do you see... <laughs> Yeah, at the start of the, the start yeah. of the year. I mean, but I mean, I don't, you, I'm not sure whether I believe that anymore. Do you believe he's a threat to Alcaraz in that section? No, I mean, I think he can make life difficult. I think he could win win a set, maybe two sets. I don't see him beating Alcaraz. That's the difference. Jo- I, I, I think Djokovic has got a great draw. Yeah, I expect so Djokovic to be there. So Djokovic's quarter, according to seedings, he would be scheduled to meet Andre Rublev. In the quarterfinals, before that, he could have Davidovich, Shakina, Hercatch, Bautista, Agu, Goffin is in there. Arta Fies is in there, David, writing yeah, him off. A bit early for him. Um, so you do see Djokovic, Rublev happening, and Djokovic making it through that. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah. Or may, maybe Hachinov might, might, been get, reliable might get through Rublev. That's possible. He? I just don't see anybody stopping Djokovic before the semi-finals and. I, I think Alcaraz has got a much more difficult draw there to get to that point. Um, but assuming he can, I think it happens. And and then, uh, honestly, at this stage, I I think it's a true 50-50 between Alcaraz and Djokovic if we get that far. Obviously, we haven't seen any matches this fortnight yet, and that may well change. I may, I may have a different view if they got to that point. But right now, that feels like anybody's. I feel like a good draw for Djokovic in the early rounds is pretty big I agree yeah. actually um, I, because I don't uh, even if the elbow is you know fine for him to play it's it's quite a sort of chronic thing is it I don't think it's going to be absolutely 100% causing him no grief whatsoever so I think you know saving some canister in the early rounds could end up being critical for him in the later rounds I think that draw is a, a big win actually for Novak Djokovic but I do tentatively feel quite confident that we're going to get Alcaraz Djokovic I do well we've all said it now yep we've all said it great <laughs> we're all to in the boat together <laughs> bottom half of the draw let's face it is where you want to be yeah um, for for everybody else and the people that are there are Holger Runa at the top of the bottom half Daniel Medvedev at the bottom of the bottom half so for this third quarter the seeded quarterfinal would be Runa against Rude yeah yeah let's do it again uh, in Kasper Rude's section there's Lajovic there's Bublik there's Van der Zanskulp, uh, there's Jan Leonard Struff there's Tommy Paul there's some tricky opponents standing in Rude's way, I would say. I think so, yes. Uh, third round, well, I mean, Bublik is awkward, potentially, in the second round. And then the third round, as you said, either van der Zanskulp, who has a good record against Rude. I know Rude beat him recently, but that's been a tough matchup for him. And then Lajovic, as you said, Agri- agricultural, having a good year. It's a Ooh. tough draw, I think, for Casper Ruud. Is there a possibility of an agricultural off between Struff, Struff and Lajovic? <laughs> there is, uh, yes, in the there fourth is. round. Where's Vavrinka? <laughs> those, those, the those would be some barrel chests <laughs> yeah. in there. Uh, in Runa's section, he's got Eubanks first round, Sebastian Baez is there, Mimik Hetzmanovic, uh, Richard Gasquet and Arthur Rinderknecht, Taylor Fritz... Um, I think that's a decent draw. Mm. 
I definitely think so. And again, as uh, you know, don't want to repeat stuff from Monday's pod, but we think with Holger Rune, the the physicality is the the big question mark. So again, just being efficient in the early rounds could be big. Remember that was a feature of Australia when he'd come off win in Paris and he hadn't quite qualified for the tour final so we were massively excited about Holger Rune's potential and then he he discovered what Grand Slams are all about mm. in, in Australia and he kept on getting embroiled and he, he should have beaten Rublev and he didn't and and I just think he he may well end up playing somebody who maximizes at a Grand Slam plays at peak because it's a Grand Slam and, and somebody who he gets through but it takes his legs away. I think that's a real possibility. Yeah, I, I think this quarter, although I think there's a decent chance Runa gets there, I think this quarter is the most likely one to produce something a bit unexpected or a bit random. I don't know how unexpected or random, and there's no point in predicting because then it wouldn't be unexpected. <laughs> um, but th- this is the quarter, I would say. If anybody out there is part of our predictions competition and is thinking of doing something quirky I would perhaps point you to this section of the draw the bottom section of the men's draw the scheduled quarterfinal according to seeding is Yannick Sinner against Daniel Medvedev and it's what I think on balance I see that matchup most likely happening I think Medvedev's got a cracking draw well he loves the matchup against Sinner doesn't he I mean he's never lost to him yeah and yes, and I, th- and I, I think I, I think that's in Sinner's head, and and will Sinner have seen all the stuff going around social media after Medvedev won Rome of bringing up his speech during the Miami Open final, saying, and he, look, he meant it in the nicest possible way. It wasn't a salty way, I don't think, or maybe maybe it was. I think it was just a joke. Yeah, he said, "Well done, Daniel. You've been brilliant. What a streak you've been on. Let's see if you can do it on clay." <laughs> <laughs> David was the one who reminded me of that quote um, and bringing it back up again. Of you course, know, given how much it. more Medvedev's gone, done on clay this season than Sinner, I don't know. Um, I would give Medvedev the edge in, in that matchup. I, I mean, I, I have given my take from a few days ago some additional thought as to whether Dano Medvedev's in the mix. The mix being somebody I wouldn't be surprised to win the tournament that we're talking about. Um, and Daniel Medvedev remains outside of the mix for me. Do you think that his win in Rome was in any way a bit fluky? I'd, I wouldn't say you need to see more. I wouldn't say fluky, but that tournament. is not enough to convince me that he is going to win this tournament. I would remain surprised if he won this tournament, and uh, there are other players that I that may not be as highly ranked as him, that may not have done much, that I just think have is, a higher is ceiling. Sinner in your mix? Yeah. yeah, he I... has a higher ceiling to me uh, on this surface than Daniel Medvedev has. And I have a mix of four, Djokovic, Alcaraz, Sinner and Runa. I wouldn't be surprised if any of them won this tournament. I would remain surprised if Daniel Medvedev did. I would be really surprised if Yannick Sinner won this tournament and that is not it's not because I don't believe in his talent like you do but he's just shown no signs recently and I think he's quite a methodical guy that ticks off milestones 
could happen. Not saying it's out of the question, but I would be so surprised if he won this French Open again. Can't wait to hear that back in three weeks' time. I just keep, you're going to have a choice of clips to play now, and I've got egg on my face in three weeks' time. And same with me, you know. You you can throw your Medvedevs at me all you like. I'm not. I mean, in my terms mind. of his route to that quarterfinal sinner, do we see any threats to his reaching it? Zverev's in there. Dimitrov's in there. Tiafo's in there. I think he's got physically a, a few questions to answer, really, hasn't he? Because he's. He, he was injured here last year when he played Rublev. Um, he's, he was unwell, I think, in Rome, and, and he, he faded badly. Mm. I think we, we've got to see whether, he, whether he's able to get through one of these tournaments and go deep. You know, if it gets... There's some tight matches there on paper for Sinner. As you say, Dimitrov in the third round could push him. I think there's one or two in we'll, there that we'll could. definitely get a WhatsApp from David on the day that happens, saying... I think Did, Grigor I could, think be could be dangerous da- today. Could be dangerous today. He's That's good to always me. the phrasing. Always. Yeah. Normally, when he's about to play Novak Djokovic, yeah. and he's, he never, he's quickly a double breakdown. He <laughs> never does anything. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't beaten him since about 2012, has he? Um, and then you've got Zverev and Tiafo as potential third-round opponents of each other, winner to play Sinner. So, I mean, these are guys that absolutely could at the very least cause him trouble and take him deep into a match which I think he's got to be efficient this guy mm. um, I think there's a there is a question mark over his resilience at these at these majors at this point it's looking like it could be quite a hot first week as well you know not Who sort of not New York or Australia conditions but you know a factor um, very very different conditions to Rome yeah. which I suppose is a, a tick in your Medvedev argument box but the funny thing is I picked Medvedev to win Madrid <laughs> because it was altitude and quick and then he didn't do very well and that really that really opened my eyes really it's but again won't his press conference be interesting yes given how he started his Rome mm. tournament by talking himself up and telling us that he felt good I mean I want to know I think he's I think he's honest enough to tell us well the good news David is we're doing another one of these tomorrow after media day when we'll have spoken to Daniil Medvedev and we'll be able to tell you ready to pop the question the jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello tennis podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times 
Well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Now, on to the women's draw. And I, I trailed earlier that there was one main headline from this. There's lots of fascinating matchups, but the headline for me is not only that Iga Shontek plays Christina Buxha in round one, but it's the fact that this gives us an opportunity with fanfare to announce the return via wildcard of Reggie. <laughs> Who's Reggie again? Reggie of getting 14 out of 14 predictions wrong at the Australian Open fame. <laughs> We've invited him back for Roland Garros. He's bitten our arm off. To, well, make us look good, hopefully. <laughs> Although it's a dangerous game we're playing because if anyone loses to Reggie, that's obviously ultimate humiliation. But also just for the lols, we loved, we loved Reggie <laughs> a so much. During Melbourne. Yeah, and the reason that you've highlighted Sviontek Buksha there to announce the return of Reggie is that that, of course, was his... I don't know whether it was his high point or his low point. It was the zenith of... I think after that point he thought, to hell with it. Mm. When he predicted Buksha to beat Iga Sviontek at the uh, Australian Open, and in Reggie's words, she won about four points. <laughs> Yeah, so we eagerly await Reggie's <laughs> prediction for day one, or whatever day it is that Shvantec plays. Obviously, we don't know at the moment. There are three possible days when when first-round matches can be can be played, and we hope to find out in the next 24 hours which matches they'll put on the Sunday. Um, so, of course, we'll let you know, but we don't quite know when Shvantec will play. But, my goodness me, I can't wait for that first prediction to come in from Reggie. I am... If he gets it so right on day one, we're we're that all is in trouble. Be such a disappointment. Squeaky bum time. Be like an exorcism, and then he'd be then he'd be unshackled. He'd be <laughs> absolutely relentless then, won't he? Look, he claims he picked Elena Rabakina to win Wimbledon last year. That is what he claims. No evidence so, of that at all. So we will see. Uh, there are some cracking first round matchups that have come out of this mm. women's draw. I'm going straight for Azarenka and Drescu because they are in Iga Svantec's section. Yes, please. Mm. I think that was the headline of of the women's draw, actually. The number of more interesting round one matches that there are in the women's draw compared to the men's draw. I think the men have got that interesting Alcaraz-Djokovic narrative. For the women's draw, we had Andrescu Azarenka, we had Pliskova Stevens, Sabalenka Kostyuk, Lynette Fernandez, Sakari Mukova, Kanepi Keys, uh, Georgie Cornet, and Collins Pagula all come out of, uh, of the draw in round one. So that was probably my, other than Reggie, of course, that was probably my headline of, of the women's draw. 
which of those do we see being actual upsets rather than just eye-catching clashes on paper? I'd be worried for Zachary against yeah. Mukova. Mm, same. But, I mean, Mukova sh- just should be ranked so much... It's not, Hi, like, I not that much of an upset. I actually don't think of it as yeah. that much of an upset because Mukova's ranking is just, you know, obviously everything I'm saying carries the caveat of if Mukova is fit, which is obviously a massive asterisk, but that that is extremely tricky for Shvontek. Although, you know, she likes being the underdog, doesn't she? For, for Zachary, rather. I, I think Pagula will be okay against Collins, given the way Collins has struggled of late. Yeah. And, and I, it's... Also, Pagula is just reliable. I, I, I always think. Um, I, I think that uh, Kanepi could well beat Keys. I haven't seen Kanepi play that much recently, but then I never see her play that no. much recently. And you get to a grand <laughs> summit, she just goes and beats someone. Doesn't exist on the tour, David. <laughs> and then uh, I, I reckon that um, we we may have a. Oh, probably a win for Azarenka over Andresco on paper. But then, wasn't Azarenka, didn't she pull out of her match in Rome recently? Yeah, um, yeah she did. So there must be a question mark over her health. And, we, and Andrescu, I suppose, is another Dimitrov for us. Or someone, oh, someone David, that we're just... Oh, that's a dagger through my heart. Look, I mean, obviously she's achieved a hell of a lot more than Dimitrov has. But it, what I mean is, in terms of eternal hope, we are yeah. always, always waiting for the real Bianca Andreescu to stand up, the player that we watched win the US Open, the player that we got so excited about, who we love watching, and who is still struggling to, to find that player again. Um, so, who knows? It's a tough draw for Coco Goff, isn't it? In Iga Shontek's quarter, and we know how their matchups have gone, uh, they've been really tough for Goff, and she hasn't been Andy Murray voice getting closer. Um <laughs> And, and she's got Angelina Kalinina in mm. her section. Madison Keys and Kanepi are there. Kudamatova as well, who must be really high on confidence at the moment. I think this is tricky for Coco Goff. Agree. Hard agree. Uh, I think the other thing that I'm really watching in that top quarter is whether we get Sviontek Krejcikova. Because mm. that's a potential last 16. Yeah, that'd be, that would be a good uh, last 16 match to, to have on the, the slate, wouldn't it? We also have Elena Rabankina in Iga Svontek's half, so that would kind of be the Djokovic-Alcaraz of, of the women's draw, I would say, because it would happen in the semi-final. Rabankina, uh, her scheduled quarter-final would be against Ange Jabeur, although Jabeur is a huge question mark I would say having having pulled out of Rome so in Rabatkin's immediate section you've got Shelby Rogers Ekaterina Alexandrova who is who is dangerous on clay she always plays well in Madrid Alexandrova so if it's you know if it's hot and lively uh, in Paris which it certainly is at the moment who knows Beatrice Haddad Meyer um, who, whose name seemed to be substituted for one of the uh, Hadid sisters <laughs> in the draw today. She's hanging around in Rabatkina's um, sort of round of 16. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I it's a know. good draw for Rabatkina. I think she's getting there. I think she's, I think she's getting to the semi-finals. I'm saying these words without that. Those, the, as I said them, was the first time I was having that thought, <laughs> but. There you go, I've had the thought and I've said the words. Do we think Ons Jabeur is getting to that quarterfinal? Or is it just too much of an unknown to... I'm already panicking about what I'm going to do in my <laughs> predictions with Ons Jabeur. 
Because I think if she's fit, this is a workable draw. Yeah. And then in the same section, you've got Blumen Petra Kvitova, who is <laughs> the predictions mm. nightmare. The I haven't looked to see where Marketa Vondrosheva is. Oh, she's, and she's near Ostapenko. Oh, God. So what a nightmare that is. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah, turning your attention to the bottom half of the draw. Now, at the top of that in the third quarter is where you'll find Sakari against Mukova, that first round match. Others in that section are Belinda Bencic, Magda Lynette, Ludmila Samsonova, another nightmare. Um, Anastasia Potapova, who's been having a great year, Elisa Mertens, uh, Jessica Bagula, who, of course, as we've said, plays Danielle Collins round one. Um, any, any, I mean, it's uh, Pavlyuchenkova's in there as well against a Fruvitova in round one. Of course, former finalist Pavlyuchenkova's done nothing of note recently, but that's a, a tough opening round draw for her, especially given she's struggling on confidence. Um, this is a tough one to ask for predictions for, isn't it? Because we all think Sakari's very vulnerable in that. It's a great draw, that actually. That, that is a, a section. I mean, look. Ultimately, I'd expect Pagula to come through and reach the uh, the semi in that uh, in that half of the draw. But her aside, I don't think there's anybody that is either proven or in great form that you would say I'm going for her. I mean, I that you could take a stab at it, and somebody's going to get hot, aren't they, and just suddenly produce. But I mean, it's and even even in the bottom half of of the lower section of the draw. I mean, there, there are a lot of players who maybe have had a flicker here and there. Ostapenko got some results and Sabalenka obviously won Madrid, but then she crashed in Rome. So, I don't know, that bottom half of the draw could end up being full of surprises, I think. Yeah, it could be the sort of traditional mayhem section that we seem to have in in all draws. Um, did I hear somebody say Arena Sabalenka has a great draw? Would anybody like to put their hand up to claim that quote? Well... I, that was one of my immediate takes mm. from the draw. And I think if you're looking... It sort of depends how you read a draw. I think sometimes I read a draw looking for a top seed. I sort of ignore the first few rounds and think, what are their, what's their second week like? And I think from that perspective, Sabalenka's got a good draw because the other members of the big three-stroke... Are we even going with four? Krakikov has not done enough to make it to make that even a conversation. She's really. under consideration, but, but, but it's a big three but at the moment. Have you noticed the way she's nosedived ever since she raised yeah, that she, idea? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I do like that she says it though. Yes. Yeah. Basically, the best players of this year are in the other half of the yes. draw to Okay, Sabalenka, I, I very but, much take that point. But, but Marta Kostyuk. Kostyuk round the, one. In the round Zhang one. Zhang Wen is there. Uh, Yulia Putin-Saver is hanging around that section. Karolina Pliskova, Daria Kazakina, Yulin Niemeyer, Marketa Vondrosheva and Yelena Ostapenko. These are... Look, there's no way she could play all of those people and who knows if she'll even end up playing any of them besides Marta Kostyuk in round one. Um, but I think there's danger there for Sabalenka who is going to be... It's strange to say this, given that she's won a tournament, one of the biggest lead-up tournaments, but I don't think she's had great preparations for this French Open. And she is unproven here. I think she's coming in pretty cold, actually. I I mean, I I get similar feelings to those I have about Medvedev, in that, yeah, great player, and Grand Slam champion, in theory, should be 
a definite in the mix. And yet I'm not convinced I regard her as in the mix because I, I just think she will likely run into somebody else who's playing better on the day, who's more comfortable on, on the surface and the surrounds, and she suffers. Is she in your mix, Matt? I've said that quietly as if if you didn't hear me, you don't have to answer, but... <laughs> Please answer. Uh, and, and please don't then ask me. Unfortunately, that doesn't work with microphones. So is, is she in your mix? She's more. She's less in my mix than Medvedev. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. But I think I will... Medvedev won Rome. I think I Rome will is put less Sabalenka in the mix. Than Madrid. I think Sabalenka's season so far... I need to pay that season the respect. She has... She's shown up, and I, I think I'm willing to put Rome down as as a bit of a freak event coming do, off the back I, of Madrid. I do too. It's not the fact that she lost that match; it's the fact of what losing that match means. I.e., hasn't hasn't played for well. It'll be two and a half weeks, won't it? And you know, the last time she got a winning feeling on clay it was at altitude in completely different conditions to here I, I think it's more that than I think a hot first week would help Sabalenka yes very much agree with that and it, and it is going to be a hot first week although I, I think Kostyuk is tough in round one and you know Ukrainians taking on Sabalenka a Belarusian they have been very motivated mm. in these matchups haven't they so yeah, I mean, there are some nightmare sections in terms of predictions in this draw. In fact, this whole bottom half, the more I look at it, is an absolute minefield. It, Carole- it could make for some great picks. Caroline Garcia the is the fifth seed. Yeah, and she's had in a, having a tough time. Tough time, which is interesting because she's got back together with her coach with whom she had the massive surge last year. And we were all really worried about her when she ended up splitting from that coach and actually still she went on and reached the the finals of the WTA finals didn't she flying solo when I've I've forgotten his name just escapes me Bertrand Perret there we go Bertrand Perret um I don't know I I mean as ever inexplicable (laughs) Caroline Garcia what on earth to do with her in this draw because she could just get inspired and how long have we got until we actually have to put our picks down on paper? We're for... going to start getting nagging emails from Matt quite soon. I noticed I we had one before the draw a couple of days ago. Like a pre-reminder. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he knows how stressful it is trying to get everybody to get them in. It was mm. a very, it was a really cool moment in the draw, wasn't it, when Iga Shontek was introduced and she came on via a side door of the orangery and it was a big room and it was packed it was a really well attended draw and she she came in through a side door uh, sort of halfway down the crowd and walked down a central aisle a bit like a wedding mm. <laughs> central aisle sort of greeting greeting journalists on either side um, and then walked up onto the stage and said a few words and waved and generally was delightful and you know she I've, I've obviously seen her not on a match court before but what struck me about it the way she walked down that aisle was exactly how she walks on the tennis court she's only got one walk and that's as if she's needs to get somewhere quickly in a hurry yeah mm. it's no you know some players their gait is different off the court to on it and she's she's, she's only got got the one mm. mode um, it was it was a really lovely moment it was, and I was in, 
I was encouraged that she was there and seeming mm. well. You know, I mean, this, you can't read too much into her walking down the aisle, but you know, there were some real question marks over Svantec's fitness. You know, it wasn't that long ago that w- that she retired from a match, and just the fact that she was there. I've seen some images of her practicing. I'm less worried about the injury than I was a week ago, I would say. Some of us were relatively unworried at the time, (laughs) and uh, and some of us got absolutely attacked for it uh, out there. But uh, anyway, turns out she's here. Mm. (laughs) She didn't know who the rugby player was. No, I mean, nor nor did I, quite frankly. I thought she dealt with not knowing who he was. Wonderfully. Really artfully, because that could have been awkward, and she made it really cool. She said, no, I don't really watch rugby, but... I know who you are, like someone's, as in someone's just briefed me on who you are 40 <laughs> seconds ago and what you've achieved is really cool and I'll make a point of watching some rugby while I'm here. Yeah. Mm. I must admit, if you'd have walked in the room without somebody having told me who he was, I'd have just thought he was a member of the press. <laughs> anyway. yeah, same, same. I thought he'd won a competition. <laughs> he has, the Grand Slam in the Six Nations. <laughs> that did go through my head as well, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> would anybody else like to? We've sort of. Like Harry Kane coming <laughs> up on stage. Been, look, rugby is my. There's not many sports it's that spot, I don't it, watch. It's my blind spot. Yeah. Can't do rugby. You can get into any other sport. Sorry, all you rugby fans. Sorry. <laughs> I know we're. It, it's not you, it's me, but. And me. My bandwidth <laughs> is, is occupied. Um, well, that's the draw sort of gone through with a fine tooth comb. No, not as fine a tooth comb as Matt would like. I I was just going to say, one big absentee. Oh yes, from the from the women's draw. Unfortunately, Paula Balossa has got a stress fracture in her spine, and in her words, is out of competition for some weeks. Dear, uh, which is a real blow because, well, on your Amazon Prime coverage. At the weekend, Catherine, you were talking about possible contenders for Roland Garros and Martina Navratilova put out Paola Balossa's name as someone to watch because of the little signs that she'd been showing over this clay court swing. So it's absolutely, absolutely gutting, I think, that she's not in the draw. And, of course, she now hasn't played a Grand Slam this year. She had to pull out of Australia as well. She was, she was Netflix cursed out yeah. of that tournament. Well, she, is she on the cursed player watch list? Under, consider- yeah, under consideration, under consideration. Lot, uh, uh, about she's, three rows below Berrettini. Yeah, she's she deserves a break. Yeah. By the way, talking of absentees uh, who were also in the mm. room, Rafael <laughs> Nadal, <laughs> Rafael Nadal, who is obviously not here because of his horrible injury problems, uh, was basically up in big lights on the screen throughout the draw. I mean, he, he was the only face on it. He took up about three quarters of the screens and they just sort of squeezed in the drawers either side of, his, side of his enormous figure as he was holding the trophy. Not coming. Um, but they, I don't think they're over it here somehow. God, no. I'm not God, over no. it. I'm, I'm not over it either. But it's interesting given that, I mean, this is going back a long time now, back when Nadal was just a sort of a normal number of multiple... Roland Garros 
subtitles before it reached sort of silly level. When he was just on seven. When he was just (laughs) on sort of five or something like that. I remember there was a lot of talk about how much Nadal fatigue there was. Yeah. Here and how they were desperate for a different champion, and you don't what, know what it, why won't Nadal give got someone else gone. a chance? And he was scheduled to play his opening match on Longlen one year, um, and I remember that being put down to Roland Garros, uh, Rafael Nadal fatigue. Let someone else have a go. And well, I mean, it, yeah. what, it was one of the, the features of the Tennis Relived show that we recorded mm. today. Is a big name champion who's been dominating for years, not getting properly appreciated and not feeling the love and then suddenly they start to go on the wane or they're not there anymore and they start to be missed yeah many many times that's happened yeah well look we (laughs) we do miss him and that that missing was very much thrust to the forefront of our minds by the enormous physical presence of Nadal looming over us I I don't think I ever had that fatigue by the way with Rafael Nadal I never had Rafael Nadal fatigue here I've always enjoyed I mean you know it wasn't great when he was just duffing up people for the loss of five games in the final stuff like that but generally I, I, I think it was never anything other than magnetic watching him perform here well hopefully we'll get to see it again yeah God, wouldn't it be great if this time next year he's, he's, he's back in Look, that David, draw? David, we're focusing on enjoying Imagine this that. year. That's Where's not, that? you know, don't wish your life away. <laughs> and does anybody have anything? Would anybody like to pick some champions? Matt hasn't sent his final call email on that, so you have the right to defer if you would like. Well, but we've, we've got, it's, it's just before the, the, the first balls hit that we have to get mm-hmm. our predictions mm-hmm. in by, isn't it, Matt? Yeah. Would you yeah. like more time? Is that what you're saying, David? I'm asking if anybody has a really strong right feeling now, right now if, that if they'd asked, like if to... If I answered now, I'm saying Alcaraz and Svante. Yeah. Okay. But I might change my mind. I've got three days to watch practice and stuff like that. I don't think I'll change my mind on Sviantec. Yeah, same. Same. Well, Djokovic isn't coming into press until Saturday. Helpfully, thank you, thank you very much, Novak. <laughs> so media day was announced we might as being not Friday. Have heard from him by the time that we record our media day show. So, what can he do? What can he do? He's going to be well. He's going to do it his own sweet way, isn't he? Yeah, he's <laughs> probably probably earned the right to do that. Yeah. Um, any other business, folks, or is that it for well for twenty four hours until we do another one of these? <laughs> Um, I can't wait to speak to the players tomorrow. Yeah, Looking down that list, I kept on going, oh, uh, that one's going to be interesting. Oh, that one's going to be interesting. You know, it's, it's a good list of players to it's meet to, isn't it? brilliant to be back is all I want to say as U- a final point. Hugo and Bear, two o'clock. Has that just come in? He's on the list. Okay. <laughs> we'll be there. Are they bringing all the French players in? Because no. that is just, a lot of... Just Hugo and Bear. I don't, don't know how he's made that cut. Right. Maybe okay. we should ask him. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm you weren't prepared for that, sorry. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that. Um, we have a mascot for this episode, Matt. We do. Well, no, for Roland Garros. She's our Roland Garros mascot. Yes. Oh, and it's, it's a very familiar face. Um, because, and if I've got this wrong, then I do genuinely send profuse apologies to uh, any mascots that I'm offending. But 
I think Phoebe's our first three-peat mascot. I think you're right. I think Crumble's done a two-peat. Yes, and we have, we've had people... We've had two-peats and maybe even three-peats with owners who have submitted different pets. Mm. But I think Phoebe is our first three-timer. Okay. Yeah. Remind us about Phoebe, Matt. Well, Phoebe has been yes a grandstand mascot each year of her life. She lives in New Jersey with her people Priyanka and Greg, and Priyanka said that all three will miss watching Rafa at Roland Garros this year and wish him the best. And Phoebe is just delightful. Pictures are plenty in the news. She is gorgeous, and those three years that she's been a mascot are the three years that she has been on this earth. Mm. So We've watched the grow. Keep, keep up the record, Phoebe. Um, <laughs> many more. We have. She's been, with us, she's been with us from the start of her journey, and we love that. And there'll be pictures of her in our newsletter, on our Instagram. I will sneak pictures of Phoebe into our content <laughs> at every possible opportunity. Uh, we have our mascots. I've got Xenia. Hello, Zenya. I've got Maisie. All right, Maisie. And I've got Darwin, who I need to apologise to because... Again? Well, I just had a nightmare this week. <laughs> My, I, I had the classic, your prediction's gone out of the tournament before the newsletter's been sent. I love it when that happens. So as long as it's not you, Catherine. Apologies to Darwin. <laughs> not seeing you get too excited <laughs> about it when, you, when it's you. It, who was it? Jill Teichman. Bad pick. That Bad was pick. a chocker of a pick. Uh, Billie Jean, <laughs> frolicking around South East London, is sponsored by Billie Jean King and Alana Kloss. We have our top folks and executive producers, Hannah, Jamie and Drew. And we have our first French Open shout-outs, Matt. We have Fiona Hanstock, who is in Gloucestershire. Like Fiona Farrow. Is she in the draw? I think she got a qualifying wild card. Right. So that, that rings a bell. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Fiona says, I fell in love with tennis watching Rod Laver, but I was inspired to pick up my sister's old school racket and play when watching Billie Jean King because she wore glasses, like me. She showed it was possible for glasses wearers to play sport. Oh. I'm still playing tennis regularly over 50 years later. She, she is... No offence, Matt, you're in at number two. She is the <laughs> best glasses wearer I've ever observed. Dave's distracted because uh, someone's just walked past wearing an In The Mix t-shirt. Which we love. Which we love. So, you know. Uh, Our next shout-out, Matt? Uh, Pamela Hood from Glasgow. We know Pamela. I know this name. Yeah. Well, Pamela says, I saw Matt at Billie Jean King Cup. Went to say hello and he was gone. (laughs) So. He was probably on his way to a draw. Pamela. So she, she's had, Sorry, to pay, she had to pay for you to say hello to Just her. Just accelerated into the distance again. <laughs> as, ten, as, ten as, as Billie Jean King would say, don't take it personally, Pamela. <laughs> Pam Shriver. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Who we saw earlier today. It's hard to think of her as a Pamela, but in of a, course. In a lovely reunion we had with Pam. Yeah, mm. looking forward to a few weeks with Pam. And finally, we've got Susan Officer, oh. who is in Sydney. And Susan says that my friends Lynn, Simone and I had the pleasure of meeting Matt and Catherine oh. at the 2022 Australian Open after the Shapovalov-Zverev match. Love your work. Never miss an ep. 
Oh, bless. Thank you. It's very lovely. Thank you, Susan. Like Suzanne Longlen? We'll allow it. Yeah, well, given, the, given the surrounds, Susan, we're going Are to allow that. Are there not any that. Susan tennis players? I, d- I must say I can't think of any off the top. Barker. Susan Barker, yeah. OK, all right. We'll French Open that. champion, 1976. Yep. OK, if anybody else can think of any others, do send them in. I think we've done pretty well there. I think <laughs> Susan... Relatively Look, well. I don't know Susan, but I think Susan's going to be OK with it. OK, good. Thank you, Susan. Thank you to all our shout-outs. Thank you for everybody who supports the tennis podcast if you would like to become a friend of the pod and support us but also gain access to our back catalogue of bonus episodes which includes the four musketeers episode that we recorded this morning and though we say so so ourselves is pretty special i think actually if that Um, if it's not if if we've put this one up before that one just yeah, waste just, by just, your phones. I'm telling it's, you, it's coming, folks. It's coming, and it's brilliant. <laughs> and if you like to gain access to it, or get yourself an intro and a shout out, anything you like, then the link to become a friend is in our show notes. As I said, we're brought to you by On Location. I think that's it for our laundry list, and we'd better save some energy because we're back with another one of these tomorrow after media day. So thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you then. 